0: Today, after our second assembly, we are going to take the contents from our kitchen, and most of them are going to go out into a trailer that's out in the parking lot, and then we have a couple of big units. We've got a big freezer and then a big, big refrigerator that we need to move out into the gym. And so anybody who can stay for a few moments afterwards to help us do that, that would be great. The things in the gym that need to go to the trailer, like there's enough people here that it, like we would be done in two and a half minutes. If everybody just grabs something. Like it, it, really, it, it would not take long. Uh, the trailer, or the, uh, f- the freezer and the refrigerator, eh, that's a little bit different. It'll take three and a half or four minutes for those. But we'll get them out there. With many hands makes light work. And so we'll get it done. So please, if you can, stick around for a few minutes and we'll get that all done together. Um, Mark Desi is here for the first time in quite a while after having knee surgery. Mark, it's great to see you. And Mark... Uh, Is going to have another surgery, and so we want to pray for him in just a moment. I'm going to do that, and then I wanted to tell you about a lady who has been coming to our Thursday night life group here at the building. She's from the community. Her name is Joanne. She just kind of wandered in one weekday, actually. A weekday morning came in, and she said, "I'm looking for a Bible study in the area. You know, could somebody, you know, do you have such a thing?" And I said, "Yeah, we have one on Thursday nights." I think Jonathan talked to her a bit. I talked to her, and then she started coming. We found out very quickly that she had uh, colon cancer, and that it had been been diagnosed in about last October or so, about a year ago. And then she went underwent chemo uh, therapy after that. Uh, And then it was after that that she started coming to the Bible study, and things looked like they were going okay. Uh, But by June, uh, things had kind of taken a bit of a turn for the worse. She's uh, currently still experiencing. Um, an aggressive form of colon cancer. She's on her second round or third round of chemo and then they're going to keep trying to do something with that. She's talked to the doctors and said, you know, what if this doesn't work? And, and he said, well, we'll keep trying. Um, but if, like if I was going to be totally honest, I would say it just didn't sound good at all when she was telling us this on Thursday night. So I wanted to pray for Joanne today as well as praying for Mark. Can we do that? Pray with me, please. Holy Father, we thank you that you have worked uh, in Mark's surgery, and that uh, he's recovering from the knee surgery that he had, and we certainly ask that you'll continue to bless him as he goes through the next surgery, and that you'll see him through that as well. Thank you for the good progress that he's made even in the last few days, uh, as there has been some, some good things happening for him with all of that, and so we pray blessings on him. Father, we also pray for our new friend, Joanne, and I would pray, God, that you would, I would pray first of all that you would heal her. If it's your will, Lord God, we'd ask that you would take the colon cancer out of her body and that you would heal her. Um, At the same time, Lord, we've been praying for her and she's been praying and things have progressed in a negative way. And So we would ask blessings and comfort on her, continue to give her great faith. I was so impressed by her faithfulness as she talked the other night about uh, you being in her life and watching over her and so please God continue to do so bless her uh, in every way thank you for bringing her to our group and thank you for the group being there for her we pray that all of that mutually works for our edification and comfort in you and we thank you for that blessing through Christ amen you can see a question on the screen and you may find a piece of paper on the back of the seat in front of you there might be a pencil there even and if you want to jot down Two of these things or one of these things? What are two things you really think God wants for your life? What does God want for your life, but you can't break through to see these things become a reality for you? What are things that God might want for you? Positive things. Maybe he wants you to overcome something. What is it that the Lord wants that you can't seem to break through in terms of these things becoming a reality for you. And right at the end of the sermon today, we're going to talk about what I think is the solution there. This could be a sin that you can't overcome. It could be a blessing that you greatly feel like you want to break through for you. And then I want you to Ask this question. What stands in the way of these things becoming a reality for you? What stands in the way of these things becoming a reality for you? And what I'm gonna say here in a while is that I my sense is that there is kind of a, a common answer. A common answer that actually works across the board. We'll see if you can't... I mean, I'd like to think I'll be clear enough that you can kind of figure out what I'm saying there in terms of what this common answer is. There are things that we want to see happen for us in life. A lot of times it's things like, Lord, help me to overcome this or help me have this good thing. What stands in the way of these things becoming a reality for you? And I have to tell you that sometimes, you know, I know exactly where I'm going with the sermon I start preparing that, it goes exactly where I think it's going to go, and that's not at all what happened this week. You know, it was like the Holy Spirit came and said, you know, I I really don't want you to talk about that. I really want you to focus on and talk about something else. And so I thought that I was going to be talking this week about materialism. I thought I was going to be talking about consumerism. I, was to, I thought I was going to talk about all these things that distract us, and I probably put a list on the board or on the screen of all the things that distract us from being all that God wants us to be and receiving all the things that God wants us to receive. Um, the things that would distract us from taking up our crosses and following him, giving ourselves completely to him. What would be those distracting things? And here's what the Lord said to me, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm paraphrasing what God said, okay? I didn't hear a clear voice that came into my head and he didn't say exactly these words. But this is the way I would say it. The problem is bigger than that. The problem is not just shiny things on the outside. The problem is a kind of dullness to me on the inside. Which is a completely different kind of focus than where I was going to go. In fact, the passage that we're going to read in just a moment, I thought I was going to do one thing with this passage, and then it kind of went in a different direction entirely from where I thought it was going to go. And here's the passage. Don't love the world or anything in the world. And So I thought, I thought, I'm going to put up pictures of blingy things, all the things that attract us, all the shiny stuff. Don't love those things. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And so here's what I thought I was going to focus on. I thought that I was going to focus on the things that we love. And so I was going to say to you, don't let all these things distract you. There's this and there's this and there's this and there's this. And the, sex, the, 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 sext, the text, that could distract us all. <laughs> the text says, don't let these things become your focus. And of course, oftentimes we do. And so we could focus on those things. But instead of focusing on the things themselves, what I kept thinking about and hearing was the love we have for things. Which is not exactly the same thing. The love we have for things. Things are not the problem. In fact, if you think about it, God is the one who is responsible for giving us things. We say, God has blessed me with these things. God has given me those, these things. We don't look at everything that God gives us and say, wow, God, that's such a distraction. What are you doing giving me that? It is more, I think, the love of these things than the things themselves that is, in fact, the problem. Here's another question, definitely related. What's idolatry? If you were at the men's retreat, I defined idolatry in a certain way. This morning, I think maybe after, maybe it's growth, maybe it's just a different context. But I would define idolatry a little bit differently, and I don't think idolatry is just uh, the worshiping of things that sit on our shelves and we call them God's. Instead, idolatry could be something like this, not as worshiping other gods or having other gods, but as that which distract us from loving God with all our hearts. And again, all of a sudden, the emphasis turns from the thing itself, from the idol itself, which in, again in many cases is a blessing from God, and instead turns to what is in us, our hearts, where are we at? What do we do with the things even with which God has blessed us? Because God blesses me with wonderful things. What do I do with those wonderful things with which he blesses me? We live in Canada. Canada is a wonderful place to live. We have so much here compared to so many people in the world. I don't think we should look at all those things and say, Wow, sure wish God hadn't blessed us with all these things question, I think, a lot more is, what do our our hearts do? What does our heart do with the things that God has given us? So I want you to turn to this passage. Turn to Mark 10, verses 17 through 31. And we'll look at, this is on page 716. And I'll, I'll read this story, but I hope that you kind of turn there and we can follow along and see some things here that I think are significant. This is the story of the rich young man who comes to Jesus And so Jesus is setting out on a journey, and a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. And by the way, this was so interesting. In the first service at the Lord's Supper, uh, Ryan Carroll talked specifically about commandments versus love for God and what exactly all of that means. It, It certainly fit together with what we were doing. Why do you call me good? No one's good except God alone. You know the commandments. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, he said to Jesus, Teacher, all these I've kept from my youth. So this is a guy who's a good guy. He's been keeping the commandments. Jesus, looking at him, Loved him and said to him, You lack one thing, go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. And what's fascinating is that the guy is totally sad. He's talking to the Son of God who just told him what he can do to inherit eternal life. And he invites this man into relationship with him. Come be with me. The son of God says to this man, come, spend some time with me. And the guy goes away sad, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. Why were they amazed? This is interesting because we we don't really think it's amazing. We get the distractions. But for them to be blessed with great wealth was, as we could think, from God. God brought them all these things. And so it's really odd that Jesus would be saying to these people, the wealthy are going to have a lot of trouble. For them, wealth was a sign of godliness. Wealth was a sign that God was blessing you. So to talk about their wealth being a problem... They didn't really get that. Jesus said to them, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished now. And they said to him, then who can be saved? Like if the wealthy who clearly are being blessed by God can't be saved, then who in the world can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man it's impossible, not with God. For all things are possible with God. Peter then began to say to him, See, and and he gets mad at Peter, sometimes talks too much. In this case, uh, he's really impressed with himself. See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands, for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, we'll talk about that in a minute, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. So why is it that it's so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God, to enter into God's reign in their lives, which is really what kingdom is all about. Kingdom is about God reigning in people's lives. Why is it so hard for God to reign in people's lives? Why does the rich man go away with his head down when he's been talking to the Son of God? And isn't it because he loved the thing? And he heard Jesus. And Jesus said, you need to love me more than these things. And again, the things were not so much the problem. The things are blessings from God. I think the Jews kind of had that one right, that a lot of times the blessings are simply blessings from God for which we can be thankful. But the moment that the blessing is loved more than the blesser, it becomes a problem. And I can't help but think as the man walked away that he had to be asking himself the question, now what do I do? What do I love most? So we go back to this question from the beginning. What are two things you really think God wants for your life, but you can't break through to see these things become a reality for you. What stands in the way of these things becoming a reality for you? And I think that so often the thing that stands in our way of us having everything that God wants us to have, including overcoming the sin that God wants us to overcome, is actually simply a deeper love for Him that needs to be there as opposed to the things that are here. And again, the focus isn't so much on the things. The question is, what is in the heart of the lover? Now, again, I don't think that any of you this morning is thinking to yourself, yeah, Kelly, I think you're right. I actually love things a lot more than I love God. Probably nobody. Like, I don't know why you would even be here. Like, if you really said to yourself, actually, I really do love my new car more than I love God. Or I love my new house more than I love God. In fact, I've got a lot of money in my bank account and I actually love all that money more than I love God. If you really, really thought that about yourself, I'm not sure you'd be here this morning. Like, wouldn't you say to yourself, I I guess I'm not really into this because I love these things more. The fact is that deep down in your heart, you know that you love the Lord more than you love those things. So what's the problem? Why does this happen? Why is it that there are at least some moments when we clearly are focused more on those things or on the life that we personally want than God himself? Because it does seem to be the case. Sometimes you find yourself out of line with God's will for your life and what you know is God's will. You know that. Sometimes that happens for you. Why? If you deep down love God more than, say, the things of the world, more than your own pleasures, more than your own accomplishments, why is it that at moments we find ourselves running exactly contrary to God's will? And here's what I think is the case, and I think it still comes down to a question of love. We allow our love for God to be supplanted by our love, for something else, at least in the moment, if not as a habit of life. I think that's what happens. At least in the moment, we say to ourselves, in the moment, I actually do love this more than God, or at least we say, despite loving God, I'm going to go in this direction because I love this so much. That's what we do, at least in the moment. Is it things Is it the world's priorities? Is it the world's values and ideals? Here we are talking last week what we talked about, and really isn't that just a question of whose priorities are we going to hold on to? Whose values are we going to take as being our ideals? Is it a person? Is it a pleasure? Is it fun? Is it ease? Is it our time? Is it our pride? Is it our glory? It simply could be our own will. And we say, I'm going to do what I want right now, God. Even though I love you, right now I'm doing my will. And that's what we do. Our own self-centeredness takes the place of our love for God, at least in the moment. Which means, I think, that constantly we have to be reminding ourselves who we love the most and who loves us the most, with whom we're in relationship, and that because we have that loving relationship with God, because He loves us so much and we love Him in return, that this needs to be the guiding impulse of our lives. Many of you know Colin and Kara Hatrick. Remember Colin and Kara? When Peter went off to start Northern Hills, Colin and Kara were asked by Peter and Chelsea if they would go. You know what I think they really wanted to do? I think they wanted to stay here. I think Colin and Kara love our church. I think they wanted to stay here. But they heard that this church plant needed them. In fact, I would say that Juan and Allie made the same decision. And that Juan and Allie love our church, maybe wanted to stay But in both cases, Colin and Kara and Juan and Allie decided to go. They went to Northern Hills, and I think it's been a a wonderful blessing for them. Maybe at times hard, but nonetheless a blessing. And they made a decision that this is what God wanted them to do. That was God's will for their lives, and it wasn't easy, but they were going to do it because it was God's will for their lives. You know, the story for Colin and Kara didn't end there at all. Like, I don't know if you've kept up with Colin and Kara, but Colin was doing IT for Shell. And over the years, Colin would occasionally say to me, you know, Kelly, sometimes I think I need to be in full-time ministry. Interesting. And so, what, two years ago, three years ago? I can't remember how long ago now. All of a sudden, Colin upped and resigned. And he took a job with a parachurch organization, Lifeline. And for several years now he's had an office at Alberta Bible College and he works with people especially in South American countries and in Haiti taking them food and getting Canadians to take them food and getting Canadians to minister in different parts of the world. And here's what I know. I know that recently Colin and Kara sold their house and had to take up another residence. I know that Colin and Kara have, since they left Shell, had some moments that have been difficult And so you'll wonder, why would Colin make that decision? He was doing fine. He was going somewhere. And all of a sudden made a complete change in his life that in many ways, I'm sure, has been difficult even with all the blessings that have also come. Why did he do that? And it's because Colin decided that he actually loved his Lord more than he loved the call to those things that are in the world. And so it makes sense to me that we'd be asking questions like that. What is it that I love? And you can fill in the blank. What is it that I love, that I love more than God? And part of the reason that you need to be asking that question is because all the blessings that we seek, all the things that good things that we want in life, like in the beginning when we said, what are these things that prevent you from having what you think God wants for you? Those things that prevent us, We need to love those less, and we need to love God more. God really does want us to be in relationship with Him in a way that transforms and changes even our priorities and focus. And that's exactly what Colin was doing. Look at this passage. This is at the end of what we read earlier. Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold. And what do the next few words say? Now in this time. That's a promise. Jesus says that if you... Leave things that you choose not to love as much as you love me, that there are promises that will come your way. In fact, he says, a hundredfold. Those promises will come back and be answered for you. And so houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands, it's coming back. You know, there are some of us who've actually had to make choices about family. And made choices for the Lord. And chose to love God's family more than we loved even our earthly families. And it looks like a sacrifice. But you give up some of your earthly family perhaps because of your relationship with Christ. And you know what you get back? Family. You get this back. And this means everything. Everything. And God says that He will give that to us when we choose to love Him most. Now, by the way, I said I do something with this word persecutions. You notice that's there too. Brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And then in the age to come, eternal life. What is that about? Here's the blessing. God doesn't just say, I'm going to hand all of this to you on a silver platter, and this is the easiest thing in the world, and you'll never have any troubles anymore. Instead, he makes a promise that has some content to it, that has even a little bit of a challenge to it. And he says, there there may be some persecutions that come along with the promises that I'm going to bless you with. And all of a sudden, it becomes real, it becomes authentic, and the challenges that we face and the answers that God gives are real answers. You know who says, Choose me and I'll give to you everything you ever dreamed of? The guys that Kevin was talking about during the Lord's Supper. That election that's gonna happen tomorrow. Those are the ones who promised to us everything. I'm gonna give you this and this and this and this. And with me, if you vote me in, it's all good. You're going to have more. And God says, I'll give you brothers and sisters and family. But there's also going to be some hardship. It's not going to just be given to you so easily. You can expect that things could well be difficult at different times. And so Jesus actually promises it will be hard. You may have to leave houses And brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. You may have to give up the ways of the world. You might find yourselves at odds with the values of your culture. And you have to do those things because when we become last, then we become first. And that's what this is really all about. Is loving God first. Jesus promises that when you do love him first, when you do as in Matthew 6.33, remember this, seek first the kingdom of God. And you remember the rest of that? It's probably going to be a memory verse. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and then everything else will be given And he doesn't mean you're going to get your house back. Ask Colin and Kara. That may not happen. But he does say that the blessings that he's going to pour into our lives are going to be a hundredfold greater than the things that we will miss because we chose to love him first and to love him most. And so there's some things that you may not have for whatever reason. You seek these things, you don't always get them. Seek him first. Love him most. And everything else that you need and want is going to come to you because you did. Let's pray. Uh, God, right now I'm thinking about Joanne. I don't know uh, what's going to happen with her tiny little body. She has cancer. But the thing that keeps blessing me in in knowing her and where she's at is her relationship with you has, has brought her in the midst of that incredible joy. Probably blessings that she couldn't have imagined. And someday, maybe sooner, Rather than later, she will come and inherit this eternal life that you've offered to her. God, whether it's soon or far away for the rest of us, we trust that you will continue to shower down on us blessings in whatever form those may take and that the fulfillment that you desire for your children will come to us because we chose to love you most. And so, in contrast to the shiny things, in contrast to our own self-interests, in contrast to our own selves, period, God, help us to love you. And we thank you that Jesus makes it possible through his spirit for us to love you the way we do. We pray these things through Christ. Amen.
1: I want to add a prayer request. Uh, you've, some of you have followed the news in Japan. There's been uh, typhoons and landslides. So there's a couple that we worked with at the first church uh, that we were at in Japan. Uh, they became Christians because their first child died a few days after birth. And um, the minister that we worked with reached out to them. A number of years later, they had a daughter who they named Megumi, which means grace. Uh, While we were in Japan, she was killed by a drunk driver when she was um, 13, 15. So they lost their second daughter. Uh, In the landslides, this woman's sister and brother-in-law, just brother and sister-in-law, just passed away in her hometown. And so in the midst of what you're saying, Kelly, yeah, we wrestle with how does that work but we offer uh, up our prayers for them their name is her name is kiomi so if you would pray for her as you think about it